welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Good morning, everyone. Happy Inklings. Um, Happy Thursday. I'm so excited to be here with you. Uh, Let me tell you where we're going to be while we're getting ready. We're going to be in Genesis 44. For part of what we're doing so you're going to want your old testament and then we're also the conference talk we are in is elder ringwood's conference talk for god so loved us is what we'll be um studying so uh, michael t ringwood for god so loved us and then also genesis 44 is where we're going to be it's thursday we're so happy Who loves Thursdays more than you ever thought you were going to love Thursdays lately? Um, It all of a sudden becomes one of your favorite days of the week. And I'm just going to get our cute friend who's joining us today. I'm at home, everyone. I'm so happy right now. I'm just home. My house is quiet. I think my internet is working really good. So we're so happy about that. And, um, let's see, Emily, if you want to request to be in the video, I think that's going to be the easiest. Um, sometimes there's a place where you can request. Oh, wait, I can. I'm going to invite. Okay, let's see if that worked. And then, um, oh, yay! Made easy. it easy enough. Okay, that was easy. And now here <laughs> How we are all you? are. Um, everyone, this is Emily Frame. And Emily, sometimes I get so excited to dive right into the topic, I forget to even uh, introduce our person. So I'm going to give you just a few minutes to tell us about you, what you do, what your life looks like, what you love, <laughs> those kinds of things like that. Awesome. Well, I'm so happy to be here. I'm nervous, but I'm so excited. So I'm Emily Frame. I was thinking about how to even introduce myself. Um, I feel like, you know, we talk about seasons of life. I think I'm in like the winter soil mode where you can't really see a lot going on, but I feel like a lot is happening inside, you know? So um, my brother passed away. He had an undetected genetic heart condition. And he passed away really suddenly a couple years ago, and it kind of made me rethink everything. You know, I yes. had to get right with all my decisions and how can I um, be in alignment better and feel like I'm living this life so fully. And anyway, so it prompted me to sell. I had a wedding venue. I sold that wedding venue. I did a handmade market there for 13 years. I sold the market. And yeah, so now I am like trying to be open to, you know, what's next. And that leaves me with a lot of time to contemplate and kind of study. And oh, thank you, Jen. Um, 
And I just wanted to thank you because you've been such a huge part of that and helping me connect with God every week and love the scriptures and all of that. So thank you so much. This is crazy to be here. Well, it's so awesome to have you on here. And I love people talking about how much good your brother did and um, just what a powerful force for good he was. So, um, and I love the thought that you keep a piece of that here on Earthside for the rest of us. Yeah, I'm trying. so awesome. Thank you. Um, And this is a fun one because we're actually going to be talking about brothers um, so it's, it's a perfect one to have you on for. And before we even dive into that, um, I thought it would be so interesting just to start out talking about the father in this story. So we're clear back in the book of Genesis. We're in the story where Joseph, remember when he gets sold, he was in the pit, then he's in the prison, uh, he's in the palace, all this stuff is happening there's the dream, the seven years of famine, and or the seven years of goodness, then the seven years of famine, and he just is in the right place at the right time. And in this story, there is a father. And we don't often talk about this story from the side of the father as much as we do from the side of Joseph. Um, this is Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, everyone. And how many people are dying to go to St. George and watch um, – David Archuleta. I know. I keep seeing him post about it, and I'm like, I just need to drive down there. That's what I need to do um, and see him in it. But that is the story. And you know in that story, you can remember, just think about the play. Um, you remember a lot about the brothers, and we remember a lot about the Pharaoh, and we remember a lot about Joseph, but you don't really see a lot about the father. And I want to think about that for a minute father love, right? Because we see it in this story. We see the father's love for his children, but we also see those sons and how they love the father back. And that ends up being this underlying message of this whole story, which is interesting. So I was at a lunch this week. I was just chatting with some friends And we were talking about the world right now, the way that it is, and how many people are leaving religion, and how many people are kind of changing up the culture of religion uh, to fit the world, the standards of the world, and that there just kind of tends to be this like um, push and pull of what does it look like. And how we make the decisions of what we're going to keep hold of. And I just went to Israel just barely. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. And while I was there, I was so intrigued by the fact that in Israel, in um, Jerusalem and Galilee and all the places that we were, two things stood out to me. And I think it's because they are hot topics here. One is um, the people there also wear undergarments, which I didn't know. Did you know that? I've heard, but is it the tassels that kind of yeah, stick out? Yeah, so okay. it's a shirt, and then it has these tassels that come out, and they just hang out of their clothes, and you see them everywhere. So if you know what to be looking for, you, it, you just see it everywhere. And the other thing is the way they eat, that they actually have their own word of wisdom. Uh, they call it kosher. Eating kosher is what they call it. But one of the things that I loved about it is um, 
how much they wanted to invite you into that story, um, into come and look at what we do, come and look at how we live, come and look at our culture and actually participate in it. Like if you're there on a Sabbath Eve, you are going to eat kosher most likely because everywhere is in the hotels where you're staying, um, particularly in Jerusalem. And um, just the thought of them inviting you in to their story, their worship. And, and the more you talk about it, they talk about eating like that and wearing the undergarment is how they show God love. That's how they show him love, which made me start thinking a lot about um, how do I show God love? And am I trying to get rid of the ways that I maybe express my love for him? Um, because I am someone who wants him to love me, right? And I want him to show me his love. Like I want to see it in my life. I, I want, um, I want that expression of his love. I want to be like, Oh yeah, God knows me. God loves me because I actually see it. I'm experiencing that love. And, um, and to think about how it goes both ways as much as I want God to show me himself in my life. Um, I think he's the same as, um, he wants me to show him love. So anyways, we were having this super interesting conversation and it made me start thinking to myself, how do we actually show God love? And how does God show love to us? So I'm dying to know just like, what do you think about that? What does that look like in your life? I, am, I totally agree with you. I want to see him in everything. And that is kind of my M ML, is that the word? Yes. Um, you know that quote by Albert Einstein, like you can either think everything's a miracle or nothing is. Like I am that everything is a miracle. It's the sunset, it's the rainbow, it's everything. I want to see him in everything. And um, I think that was a choice that I had to make. You know, um, I can either doubt or I can just um, call it out and say, there he is, you know, and be so grateful for that. Yes. And like what he says, what he wants us to do, you know, is to keep his commandments and to choose him and to love him and then to love the, our neighbor and love, you know, ourself. And um, when I think about like relationships that I have here on earth, the ones that thrive are the ones that I can give the benefit of the doubt to, that mm. I can um, just assume that they're doing what they, the best that they can and they're trying to love me the best way they know how. And, um, those, like I said, that's what, those are my thriving relationships. That's so good. And I love that thought about, um, doing the best they can and loving me the best they know how, um, because I don't think God expects perfection from us at the same way. We're not meant to expect perfection from each other. And I love that within a healthy relationship, you would experience that. But I also love kind of what you're talking about. Um, that your the relationships that are thriving are people who are actually invested in loving and yeah. and loving well. And so when you think about um, like I I think about Greg, that's my husband, everyone. And there are just certain things Greg loves me to do for him. Is, it, is that true for you too? That yeah. there's just like, and some of them you're like that is the silliest thing, but okay, I will. 
Um, you know, I, I won't make lasagna because I know you hate it. So when you're <laughs> home, when, when you're not home, we will eat lasagna here. But when you are home, we will not eat lasagna because I know you hate it. <laughs> and if I go, if we're on a long car drive, I know uh, he loves when we share a big hunk. He likes the side that has all the peanuts on it. I like the side that has only the white part on it. And we split back and forth. And I just know there are things I do that make him feel loved, which I think is true for all of us. I just think that is true. And um, I love that we have a father who says, these are ways that you can show love to me. And it is what you're saying. It's, it's keeping my commandments. It's walking this covenant journey. And um, in whatever way you can, it, at your best, whatever that might look like for you right now. But every time we lean into that relationship, we're expressing love for him. And when I was with these ladies at lunch, we talked about, we actually live in a time I don't know how to describe this well, Emily, so you help me figure it out. But we live in a time that is like super self-interest, self-gratification, um, self, I, I want to say self-absorbed, self-authentic. Like that is really the um, the language of our day, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I am all about a candle in the bathtub with a good book. <laughs> You know, just that taking time and like remembering that I have needs and I, I, we need to self care. But sometimes that conversation gets so unbalanced with um, where does God fit in the story? I don't know. What do you think about that? I love that you brought it up because I, I made a very like scrambled comment in church and I was, I had to think <laughs> about it some more, but I feel like you know, you, a lot of like the narrative I hear is trust yourself, trust your gut. It is all up to you. No one can tell you anything. No one is your authority over you. And like you said, I agree with some of these things to an extent, but I have really bad anxiety. And if I trust my gut all the time, I think everyone's going to die. Nothing's safe. You know, like <laughs> my, in, my instant reaction is the worst possible outcome. And I need someone to ground to, I need someone to hold on to and to say, I need you to tell me when it's okay and when it's not, because I can't always trust myself. Yeah. And what a weak anchor to just, you know, I'm like going in the wind. Like I need something stronger than that. So oh, I love that so much. That is so um, good. And it's so true. I'm the same way. And two, what about this? What about the thing that hits is bigger than you are? It's bigger than your capacity Absolutely. Uh, to handle on your own that is a moment when you don't just want self. Right. Like there are moments when you are like, I need a force greater than me that like yeah. that is equal to the thing I'm up against right now. And I don't just need that force. I want to know that force. Yes. I absolutely. want to know his character and his attributes and how he is going to react in that situation because I proved him before. And I think is um, if we want him to show up for us, we have to actually show up for him. Um, yeah. I, I think relationships, the best relationships are reciprocal. Yeah, I, it reminded me of this quote. I had read a book and it talks about this tribe in Africa called, I think they're called the Dagara tribe. And they have this term I love, it's called Yilbongura. 
and it means things that knowledge can't eat. And I always think mm -hmm. that about God. Like, you can't just read about it. You can't hope to, like, learn through, you know, texts or other people's experience. You have to find it out for yourself. You have well, to create so a relationship for yourself. And that's one of those things for sure. Yeah, I love that so much. So I kind of love the thought of that as we get into this talk because of the title of it. And it's, um, it's called For God So Loved Us. And I just, I love that he so loved us. You know, that like, it makes me feel like it's big love. Um, that it's, it's not just like, oh, it, an afterthought, but like he so loved us that then what does he do in our life? And how does he show up? And what does that look like? And then um, what should that look like um, for us? Like, what should our response, should we so love God back, you know, when you think about it? And what does that look like? I love so much that everybody is um, such an expert on Jewish customs right now. Like, look how, um, how much we know about the Jewish people. And one of the things that I love about studying other religions, even that... Um, word that you thank you for putting that word in there for everybody for studying other cultures and other religions is to realize um sometimes sometimes we try and get rid of our culture we, we want to get rid of the culture of the church and you go yeah. into israel and jerusalem or, or like when you were in africa and what you love about that place is actually the the beautiful parts of the culture and the ritualistic parts of the culture and the rich tradition of the culture and there's part that. of me that i i want to be like oh i don't want to lose my story i don't want to lose what makes me different i don't want to lose what sets um, us apart as community and as a faith community and, and when i go to israel people are talking about it in such a beautiful way and they have such a respect from for where they came from and who they are and um i, I want that i, I yes, want that I do too. the way my vocabulary sounds when i talk about our culture and so let's dive into this um this talk a little bit elder ringwood and um he's he's gonna talk about god loved us so much he actually sent us jesus which I, I just think is so beautiful. And as we think about what that looks like. So I'm dying to know, like, what were your favorite parts of this talk? I loved it so much. I've, I loved it from the second I heard it. But I thought it was interesting coming off the heels of your tips for studying Heavenly Mother. Like, Ringwood's on your same page. He's like, I'm going to show you all the scriptures that kind of lead us to this evidence that he has a specific plan for us. And so he talks about, um, you know, Moses and Abraham and Esther and the little maid, which you guys talked about a little while ago, and Zacchaeus and Joseph Smith. And I know you're going to talk about Judah um, a little bit more later, but Judah is one of my favorite stories, too. And um, his, where's that quote? So he's, I know you'll explain it better than I would, but um, he says, Judah made a promise to Jacob that he would bring Benjamin home. And in Egypt, Judah's promise was put to the test. Young Benjamin was wrongly accused of a crime. Judah, true to his promise, offered to be jailed in his place. For how shall I go up to my father and the lad be not with me? 
And that is such a powerful thought. And again, that we're all on the same page. I love it. It's, everything's in sync. But your post on Monday where you talked about the boy that was belligerent and having such a hard time. And my husband is a convert and he moved mm -hmm. to Utah for no apparent reason. He has no attachment to Utah, but he moved here when he was 12 and made friends with some boys. They, you know, exchanged baseball cards and his, he had a lifelong question. Why are we here? And no one could ever answer it for him. His parents would say, I don't know, you know, and that was as, that was as much as he got spiritually. And he, um, anyway, so he made friends with these boys and he gets in the car one day, he, he, he's offered a ride home and he gets in the car with his friend, Alex and his mom, Judy. And Judy, the only way I can describe her is like Marjorie Pay Hinkley. She's just like oh. an, an angel on earth. So yes. sweet, so gentle. And hearing this story from her, she get, he gets in the car and he comes from Wisconsin. He has the worst mouth. He is swearing every other word, taking the Lord's name in vain, all of it. And I can just picture her probably wanting to like <laughs> bug her ears, you know. And I think about this story of how shall I go up to my father and the lad not be with me? And she kept him in that car and she gave him a ride home and she invited him to dinner. And these boys, these six boys, they answered his questions that he could never find answers to. Mm. And they all took him in. And, you know, I don't know what she was thinking, but I feel like that is, that was it. I can't, I can't leave this boy. I got to take him with me. Yes. And he finally converted when he was 16 because of his friends. He called the missionaries as a formality but he already knew what he wanted to do because mm. he was able to get that help. And so I think about the Benjamins in my life and um, I have a son who's 12. I can't imagine, you know, like what would I have done yes. if I brought one of his friends in the car and he was speaking like that. Right. So anyway, I often is our response of like, you can't hang around with no more, him. no more. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, um, and that's why we need discernment, right? That's why we need the spirit um, because we do, um, you do need that. Like, what is my role here? And how could I build here? And um, where could the goodness come from here? Yeah. Which I love that thought. And I am so passionate about that. Um, going, like this journey we are all on to get to heaven. But how many people should we be taking with us when we go? And the thought of, um, this is not a a self-interest journey that we are on, yeah. right? We're not meant to return to heaven by ourselves. There's not just one winner in right. heaven. First one there wins, right? This is like, we are journeying together and it's how many can we bring back with us? It's, it's less about um, hide and seek and more about sardines. I was just thinking that, that's so funny. Yeah. Sometimes I think to myself this, I love water. That is my personality. I'm just drawn to any water, lake, river, ocean. Um, my soul loves water. And I particularly love uh, drifting down a river. It's one of my favorite um, things to do. But sometimes do you ever have those moments when you like have to walk back up to someone in the river and it is so hard to walk backwards in a river like I'm always like I should build a river in my backyard and walk backwards for 15 minutes every yeah. day because your legs <laughs> would be so strong by yeah. the end of it and um do you ever have those moments where you're like feel like you have a huge raft behind you just a wooden raft and there's 12 people on it and you're just walking backwards up 
that reverse, sometimes that is what it feels like to me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this journey that we're on, mortality is not easy. It, mm -hmm. uh, well, at least mine isn't. Some of you might have a more easy mortality than me, but my mortality is not easy. Um, it's hard. And it's like a workout. And it would be much easier to walk it by myself, like really easier to walk it by myself. But I don't want to get there alone in the yeah. end. Um, and I, I love that thought of like, um, who I can't go home if these people aren't with me. I just, I can't go home. Yeah, without them. it's not home without them. For yeah. Sure. And that passion, um, like Judah has that passion of he's like, I, I won't go back without yeah. him. That's yeah. how passionate he is. And I love that thought. And um, the interesting thing that I think we need to remember in our time is um, he, Judah has that passion. I will not go back without him, but he doesn't have this passion. Um, so we just both won't go. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like, so I guess if he can't go, I won't go either. Um, he doesn't have that. The passion is we've got to get back. Um, and we're going to get back together. And what is that going to look like? Um, and to remember that, like, one of the things that I love is um, that reminder that God loves, God loved your husband as much as he loved the other six boys in the car. All right. You know, and I think sometimes we forget that. Yeah. And I love when in that same Monday post that you put up when you talked about go up, like you think you're going back like in the river to grab whoever you lost or whatever. But I also saw in them, it bonded them for life. It made them all ascend to a higher place. They had mm -hmm. conversations as 12 year old boys that I can't imagine many have at their sleepovers. And it really ascended everyone. It was such a cool experience that they all think back on, you know, as strengthening, not as mm -hmm. weakening. And um, I love that thought about go up. When I went to Israel this time, there are um, always when I come back, I'll bring one or two nuggets back with me. You know, it's like your patriarchal blessing. You read it and there's like one or two lines that you're <laughs> like, oh, I needed that right now. And that is how trips are for me. There's always one or two nuggets that I'm like, I actually needed this right now. And it seems like God can talk to me so much easier when I'm not in my everyday life. Like when I get out and the world changes, all of a sudden I get these pieces. Well, one of the things when I was there is this word that I learned, Aliyah is the word, and it means to go up. That's um, what it means. And that you don't go up alone. Um, and so um, there is the most beautiful story. We, while we were there, were supposed to go to Mount Arbel. And because David and I get sidetracked and we want to see everything and we want all 85 people to see everything with us. Um, so we're generally not on time because we're like, should we just stop and get this while we're right here? Cause if you're in Israel, then should you see everything? I just feel like you probably should. So on this day, we were going to go to Mount Arbel. We did not get there in time. It closed, but by chance, um, serendipitously, we found this old synagogue that our bus driver was like, oh, I can take you to this old synagogue if you want me to. So we went over there and um, 
we, you might've seen pictures I put up on my post because it ended up being one of my favorite parts of Israel. There, the Jesus trail is right there that Jesus would walk from Nazareth to Capernaum. But at this synagogue, there is this monument for this boy. And um, our, our one guy told us a story that you are going to die over. Um, he, so they, they um, if you have Jewish blood in you at all, you get to go visit Jerusalem once and Israel once. They pay for you to come. Wow. Over. Can you believe it? It's called a birthright trip or Aliyah. Uh, it's going up. And wow. you get to go over for this birthright trip or this Aliyah and you learn about your story and where you came from and what you belong to. And they teach you the customs and the way to eat and they just, they do that for 10 days. That is what happened. Well, he went there and he loved it. He was from America. He loved it. And so he came here and he said, I'm going to go back. And he went back all by himself. And when you're between the ages of like 18 and 22, I'm making this up, but you join the army. Everyone does boys and girls. You just, they all serve the community. That's what happens. And during those years. And so there you see them all together, um, this group. And so he went and while he was there, um, he actually was killed in combat. And in Israel, um, one of the customs is for um, any significant religious event, 10 men have to be present there. And that is true about funerals. And this boy had come by himself over there. His family didn't come with him. Um, he, the only friends he had were the people in his, um, his little group, his unit. That was yeah. it. And so on the day of his funeral, they couldn't all get it off because they were right. serving. And they were so worried 10 people were not going to be there for his funeral. So they said, um, they put out on Facebook, will somebody please go? to this lone soldier's oh. funeral because his mom and dad are coming and we want them to know he was loved in Israel as he was one of us, he was ours. So the day of the funeral, 30,000 people show up. Do you believe it? Oh my 30, gosh. 30,000 people show up for this funeral. And um, that is what I think about um, as you're talking about they all went up together, right? Your husband and those boys, they all went up together. And at that synagogue in Israel, same story. Um, there is something about Aliyah, about going up, that we all go up together. That is what we do. And, and we've talked a lot about here about grace, about that Jesus will meet you where you are, as you are, but he doesn't intend to leave you there. He came to lift us up to where he is as he is. That is the journey of grace. And I love this thought that we all go up together. Like he was like, I will take you, right? I will take you. And we're all gonna go up together. And I love the, the message of that, the thought um, of, that is, of, of that going up together is so beautiful. I love that, that is powerful. Um, anything I else? I was going to show this. Oh, I pulled yes. this off my wall. It reminds me of this. Like, oh yes, it's a Kershiznik print, but like we, yeah, we have to go together. We have an army behind us. 
Yeah. And here and on the other side. And yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. And we need to remember that. We, uh, I particularly now, I feel like we need to remember that we're all um, going up together. Uh, we live in such a weird time where so many people are leaving God and leaving religion and leaving faith community. And when you think about that phrase that you just said, which is so powerful, we all go up together. It makes you want to be like, okay, wait a minute, hold on, everybody. <laughs> We're all yeah. going together. Um, yeah. You know, somehow uh, we need to figure out how how we can do that well. Yeah. In I a think time everyone's where... just, like you said, life's so hard and everything feels hard and it hurts. And yeah. sometimes we just need reprieve. And I think Satan convinces us, you know, that reprieve yes. will be here or there or wherever. Yes. And no one ever said it was going to be easy, but it, sometimes you just are looking for a way to make it feel easier, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that is so true. Um, anything else you loved from the talk? Oh, my gosh, so much. Let me see. Um, yeah, someone mentioned it fell on a day. That was such a cool concept. Yes. You know, it fell on a day and, and the divine timing in our lives. And I won't tell the whole story, but I honestly, the times where I have missed the mark stick with me so much deeper than the times when I've been successful. And those misses in my life, um, they like ring in my ears, you know. And um, I was going to tell a long story about my little brother and how I kind of missed the mark with that. And then I saw in your comment feed, I think her name's Janice. She said, um, what did she say? It was something like God finishes the equation. Mm. And I love that. So I, I wanted to say thanks for that because that really comforted me. You know, the times where I've like kind of been like Judah where I didn't kill my brother, but I did sell him into slavery. You know, I didn't quite get there. Yes. Um, yes. um but that it's not over and that God will finish it. So I appreciated that so much. Oh, I love that so much. And, um, <clears throat> It makes me think of that one quote where he says, a lesson I love in that account comes from Joseph's brother, Judah, who played a part in God's personal plan for Joseph. And yeah, that's, that's exactly true. what you're saying, that we, we play a part in there. And, and sometimes the part we play is not, you wish it wasn't written in the story. Yeah, um, like, but, things don't work. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes the part we play is the part that gets written, that we do, that we're like, oh, I'm so glad they remembered to put that in and um, it's again what you talked about earlier that we're not going to be perfect we're not going to do this perfect and even though we're all trying to go up together well every just because we're all together and we're all trying to get there together doesn't mean there's not going to be mistakes and there's not yeah. going to be um you know things that we don't do well in that moment or wish we could have done better but um it's such a beautiful thought to think god is the finisher he's yeah. the finisher yeah, we don't have to have all the perfect effort or all the answers or like luckily. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so good. Um and um and I love this part too before we go into the scripture. That one line where he said, No matter who you are or your current circumstances, someone feels exactly this way about you. Someone wants to return to Heavenly Father with you. Don't you love that? It's just so simple, but I'm like, that is so true. It doesn't matter who you are. Every single person who is here on this earth right now, someone wants to be in heaven with them. And it's such a beautiful thought that, um, 
you know, like that boy in the seminary room where I just thought that was such a powerful moment um, to be thinking of. Cause we've all had that one kid who were like, Oh, yeah. is he coming over or is he going <laughs> to be in the class? Or is he, you know, there is just that one kid and um, that you're, I, and I've been the seminary teacher. I can imagine that seminary teacher thinking, okay, I called the parents. I kept track of how many days he's been absent. I <laughs> did that to that. Like I'm checked off everything. He has now reached the point where we can be like, I don't think seminary is a good fit for you. Maybe you should sign up for woodshop, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Like that is just reality. That's life. We have all felt that it's just normal. You know, it's not that that seminary teacher was bad. It wasn't that he didn't have a good heart. Um, it's just that he was like, I think I've, I've done everything I'm capable of doing for that kid. And when you think about it as that kid, you're like, yeah, you probably did. But I love when that seminary principal is like, well, what if he was your son? Then what would you want the seminary teacher yeah. to do? And um, yeah. I've actually been that mom i've been that mom and i can remember um walking into a seminary one day to talk to a seminary teacher brother whitehead was his name and uh my boy was not going to seminary he, he was not going to get a good grade in seminary he had failed out of seminary and i said to the teacher i just actually need a safe place for him on the school campus that is all i need I don't even care if he shows up. I don't even care if you keep roll for him. I just need him to know that if anything should go drastically wrong, he could walk into this building and he could walk into your class and he would be safe there. And is that fine? Like, could you leave that kind of relationship open for him? And he was so good because he didn't say to me, well, the handbook says, you know, this, or this is the rules of seminary. And he actually can't stay enrolled here. Like he didn't get out the rules. He listened to my whole story and he was like, yes, he is a hundred percent welcome here. He is welcome in my classroom. He is welcome in my office and I will watch for him everywhere I go. And that's what I needed. That's what I needed. I didn't need an A in seminary for that boy that year. I needed a refuge. I just actually needed him to be loved by one person on that school campus. And that was the one person who said, yes, I will do it. That's the gospel. That's yeah. how we walk home together yeah. is, is like that. And I, I just love the thought of, do we have that heart? Um, and we talked at that lunch, we talked about, um, like for me, I'm going to live the gospel as deeply as I can. That is, that's just what is calling to me right now. And I want the ritual and I want to participate in um, the things that we have been taught and asked by our father to do. I, my heart is drawn to that, but I'm not going to lock my door against the people who aren't choosing that right now because my father says, love, love people. And that's one of his commandments. So I'm going to do that really well, even if you're not choosing um, 
to enter into that relationship with God as deeply as maybe I'm choosing to right now, that doesn't prevent me from loving you well. And I think yeah. that is part of when it says, I'm going to go, I can't go back unless I take the lad with me. Well, I'm going to take every lad, no matter what their life looks like right now. I'm just going to try and get as many there as I can because God is the finisher and he'll know what to do with them when they get there. Don't yeah. you think that's true? Yeah. I've seen it. It's hard to let go, you know, but it's, we know it to be true. I've seen it for sure. Yeah. Hard. And um, one of my favorite things about the, is there anything else in the talk that we need to say that was important? Um, well, I know that they, someone said that that story about um, Paul that went to the wrong church. Oh, yes. I just, I love that story so much. Like yes. bless his heart. But that he would just happened to be there the day that the man who was trying to decide, you know, what church he was going to go to. And he, he knew it was for him. It was for him right then and there. And I mean, I've, th I've thought about so many, you know, instances in my life where, um, was it like, did it fall on a day? Like, what are my, it fell on a day. And I would love to hear yours because I'm sure you have some amazing ones. But like, like I said, having anxiety, I had a family friend. I was trying to decide if I was going to get married. I was having such a hard time. I'm too young. I want to do all these things, you know, a, B, C, and D hadn't happened yet. And he presented me with that scripture in DNC. Um, did I not speak peace to your mind mm -hmm. concerning the matter? What better? What, what, better greater, what greater witness can you Thank have? Thank you. <laughs> yes. What greater witness than can you have from God? And he gave that to me at, at 19 years old. And if he had not given that to me, I, I use this scripture in my life, like probably weekly, if not daily, to remind myself that even though I have that anxious mind, I, ha I have that peace. I can always remember I have peace. I had that witness and God spoke to me. Anyway, that was, that was like the one instance I could think of that really stood out to me where it was like the perfect time and the perfect place that he opened his mouth and gave me that scripture. But yeah, I want to hear yours. I love that so much. And I'm the same too. I love that phrase. It came on a day because God is so good at orchestrating things mm -hmm. he is so good at it and um i want to be good like that i hope someday i'm really good at connecting the pieces like yeah. he is because he does such a beautiful job and one of the most powerful ones for me actually happened when we were in israel and um because sometimes they're just little moments that no one would even recognize the orchestration there you might even be like i that could have been a coincidence you know and every so often it came on a day is this powerful shifting of events. And we had one of those this summer where um, on our, we did three back-to-back -back trips in Israel. They were um, not planned. We didn't plan to do that. One was the 2019 trip that got canceled. One was the 2020, 2021 because of COVID. And then we just, had to catch up. So all of a sudden this summer, my life has been like, not what I anticipated 2022 was going to look like. It's just been crazy. And so three back-to-back -back trips to Israel. And um, on the first trip, we were there. A dear friend of ours who I hadn't seen like in decades signed up for the trip. And it was a friend who took really good care of me when I was in my early 20s. Really good care like went over and above 
um, watching out for me during that time. And I have never forgotten it my entire life. I've never forgotten that watch care that was provided to me that probably wasn't convenient or easy for him. And um, at the end of the trip, we were on the bus right back to the airport and we were like, tell us what was your favorite part? What, what was the most unexpected part? Um, what, you know, those questions that you just like, you just want to soak everything in. And this one friend said, just as an afterthought, I have one regret. And I was like, oh, nobody should have regrets in Israel. Like my personality is like, where do I need to take you? What do we need to do? Because I don't want you to have missed anything. And he was like, I should have brought my son. And, uh, and he had asked to come and he, um, he was like, and we said no. And my biggest regret is I didn't bring my boy with me on this trip. And, and it would have been a really profound trip for him. And I was like, I'm going to be here for two and a half more weeks. Send him like, just send him. And he's like, I can't just send him now. And I'm like, yes, send him. Actually, I need someone to travel here with grace. Um, the, for the third trip, because the people were so worried about her being 22 and blonde and trying to get through Israel by herself. And she wasn't going to come with the whole group. And so she was coming alone. And I was like, I'm being dead serious. If you, if you want, I'm giving you the invitation. Well, five days later, these guys buy a trip round trip ticket for their son to Israel. And he's going to sleep in David Butler's room because like <laughs> we didn't plan for him. And he, he's just going to show up on this trip and wow and he did he did he came and it was life-changing for him like i sat there every day when i went on the trip i was like i'm going to the land of miracles i'm gonna pray for miracles that is i just decided it on day one and i sat there every day of the third trip i just watched that cute boy so present so soaking it in, like so grateful to be there. Um, someone who you maybe wouldn't have chosen to, to bring with you on that trip. But oh my heck, I fell in love with that kid while he was there. And I watched God do his great work. And so for me, it came on a day is the day when I just leaned over that bus seat. And I was like, you know what? Send him send it by go home and buy the ticket and send him and like God works that big. He works wow. that big. Um, and I look at that 23 year old kid or whatever he is, 24, I think. And I'm like, your dad took such good care of me at your age. And, um, there's nothing more beautiful than me being able to take such good care of you back like it is full circle decades later that, that's 30 years ago wow. but don't you love god orchestrating 30 years later um uh, that he's like oh here let me finish this um let me bring this. this up for you yeah full circle um oh, so i just it's hard to him. wait it's hard to wait but wow like that yeah. was worth the wait yeah um so those, um, it came on a day moments. They are my favorite, seriously, my favorite part of mortality. I think we'll get back to heaven and realize there were more than we even like recognized when we get there. That. Yeah. Divine signature. Yes. That's, that's cool. one of my favorite, um, words for that. Um, so there's one part in Genesis I want to take you to, um, that I just love 
what we talked about the one part I love, but there's a second part that I love in here. And um, it's the part you brought up where he talks about in verse 34, how should I go to my father and the lad be not with me? Uh, which is, I, I think just pulls at our heartstrings, but there is a verse right before that, that makes that one sentence so powerful. And it's in verse 30. And he's saying to Joseph, I cannot leave Benjamin here with you. I can't. Um, and then he tells him why. Now, therefore, when I come to thy servant, my father, and the lad be not with us, seeing that his life is bound up in the lad's life, it shall come to pass when he sees that the lad is not with us, he will die. And don't you love um, that, that thought about the father? When we want to talk about God love, when we want to talk about what that looks like, I love that thought where he says, when I go back to him, if I go back without this boy, seeing that he is bound to my father, if I go back without him, my father will die because that's how much this boy matters. And I love the thought of remembering that every single person we know is, he is bound up in that person's life. He is bound up in their life. Like they matter that much to him. And I love that thought um, of, of that, that we need to remember when we look at people, no matter what they look like, right? Even if they are that belligerent boy, we need to remember when we look at them that, um, that, that line where it says, seeing that his life is bound up in that boy's life. Um, that's how much he cares and how sweet it is to remember that. And that's how much he cares about you. And that's how much he cares about me, right? His love is that big. And then I just want my love to be that big back. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love that so much. I just want to be yeah. a, the girl for the job, really. Yes. Yeah. I'll do it. I think it'd be so neat, Emily, for you to just, um, you're in a different place than I am because you actually have a brother who is heaven side. Mm -hmm. And that thought of thinking about him saying, I, I won't go back unless I bring all of these people with me. And, and how that motivates you, how that pulls at you, how that's um, made a difference maybe in your life recently. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to say that he passed away and everyone got their acts together and we started living life to the fullest and we forgave and moved on, but actually got a lot worse. And mm. things seemed to really, I mean, I think <clears throat> Satan is really working on my family and the people around us. But um, when I look at his kids in their eyes and I think oh my gosh like what would he do if he were here what would he mm. say what would he how would he hold them and talk to them and make them feel and he was such a huge he is such a huge spirit and such a huge person and personality and it feels like filling those shoes is absolutely impossible but um that is what I spent my time doing that's really it and if that's why I had to clear my schedule mm. so that I could 
try and fill one shoe of his, you know, then that's what I'll do. And um, I know how much he cares about those kids and all the kids that he was working, you know, yes, working for. All the kids. All the kids. Every kid. Um, and that's all, you know, I've been working since he passed, you know, trying to find a place in his legacy and trying to build, you know, and I felt so much resistance. It's, it's wild. Um, but I guess if I wanted to pass any, any idea on to you guys is that the resistance is real. Mm -hmm. And if it feels hard, it's because it's important. And I think that that makes it, um, doesn't make it feel any better, but, um, yeah. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, that is so good. And I actually love that phrase. The resistance is real because I feel like we are living in that right now. Um, that, that resistance is real and maybe the antidote is love. Um, yeah. That's what he was so good at yeah. and loving so big. Mm -hmm. um, and the thought of that. Uh, people want to know who your brother was. It would be fun just to talk about him for a minute and kind of the work oh, that he so did sweet. and the legacy he left behind. His birthday's tomorrow, so I'm like a mess. But um, his name's Colin Karchner. And um, so he passed away in 2020. Um, he had a genetic heart condition and he literally fell to the ground and they couldn't revive him. And um, before that, he had started a foundation and he was going around, he's, I think he spoke 300 times a year around the country, um, mostly about the dangers of smartphones and with kids and um, social media and how to reconnect us to our children. His big thing was eight second hugs. And he would talk about the, like the physiology of an eight second hug and how it connects you to your children and and that kids need eight of those a day, which I'm like, oh, that's a lot, but it shouldn't be, you know? Anyway, so that was his message and his mission. And he was doing so much good and really changing the world. He was speaking about things that people weren't speaking about. And he was being bold in ways yes. that people were not being bold. And I want people to know he had a really strong testimony. He loved God and he loved his savior and he was so faithful and um anyway he i'm thank you for letting me talk about him it's been a couple years so it feels like the world's moved on but i definitely haven't so i appreciate that and i love don't you love that here we've got a thousand ladies and every one of us everyone <laughs> commit right now there's someone tomorrow who needs an eight second hug that's that will be the best birthday present, present. thank you yeah. oh my gosh we know that would we'll have at so least one thousand eight second <laughs> 8,000 yeah. seconds oh amazing yeah so good yeah he's he's got to be doing big things in heaven he's he's um yeah. he's probably more powerful there than here and we just yeah. we don't even know the good he's doing behind the scenes thank you he's very pesky so I'm sure he's he's being pesky there too yeah yeah well we love him <laughs> I met him um at Thanksgiving point, just right before he passed away. And um, that what I remember of him is his immediate passion for uh, life. But I also could feel his goodness. I could just feel his goodness. Um, he's such a, just a genuine soul. So you are so Thank lucky you. to have spent as much time with him 
as you did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Eight second hugs tomorrow. I'm super excited about that because it just sums up. Um, and, and you know what? Try and go find that kid getting kicked out of seminary. He's the one who needs the eight second hug. Yes. That's who we don't choose the easy eight second hug. Everybody. Yes. Thank go you. Find, um, find the one who really needs that eight second hug. That's so awesome. What an awesome conversation today. Emily, I'm so glad you were here. Oh, thank you for having me. You're just an angel. Well, thank you. Have a good week, everybody. And I will see you back here next week. Thanks for joining me. This podcast is taken from our Thursday Inklings discussions, which happen live on Instagram at inklings.institute. If you loved being here, I'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me, get reminders, and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.